It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Sue. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards. Like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you read the title and you thought, wait, is this the wrong place? Is this not Side Hustlers? No, it is. We're going to get to that. It is Side Hustlers. I'm your host from iHeartRadio, Carla Marie. Thank you so much for joining and listening to this podcast. If this is your very first episode, welcome to the fam. Welcome to the community. It's really cool getting to hear from all these small business owners every week, all these people who are following a passion outside of their day job, people who are working extra hours just to do something that they love. I am based in Seattle. I talk to people all over America and soon people in other countries. Really excited to get uh, some of these new episodes on. But this week, we're going to hear from Jane. Jane is coming to us from Austin, Texas, and she is the creator of Texas UFO Sightings. Yes, exactly how it sounds. Jane gets to report on UFO sightings and kind of debunk a lot of UFO sightings that people report. Her whole story is incredible and how she got into this. Whether you are a believer or not, you can really relate late to Jane's passion and you may become a believer at the end of this episode. We're also going to talk about the whole uh, Storm Area 51 thing. So let's get into this week's episode of Side Hustlers. For a lot of people, you know, why are you waiting? You know what you want to do. This is something you want to do. Get off your butt and do it. I'm a hustler, side, side hustler. Do it. I'm a hustler, side, side hustler. Do it. I'm a hustler, side, side hustler. Come on, ask about me. Yo, yo. It's the Side Hustlers Podcast with Carla Marie. So today I've got Jane joining me from Texas. And this is going to be a Side Hustlers first, a first for me in life because I've never really talked to what I'm going to call you an UFO expert. Is that the best way to describe you? If if there's a way to describe it, that would be the way. Okay, that yes. is the official <laughs> way, Jane. So first of all, 
thank you for being on this podcast and reaching out to me and wanting to do this because I am so excited to dive into the fact that this is not only a side hustle for you, that this is just something that I'm interested in. And I'm going to put this out in the beginning. I completely believe in UFOs. I completely believe that there are other forms of life out there. Like I am all in on this. I don't research it like you do. That's why I get to follow people like you. So I'm excited just to geek out over this podcast. So thank you for being here. Thank you. In Texas, but FaceTiming. (laughs) Yeah, no, this is awesome. Thank you so much. And I think it'll be a really fun fun conversation for sure so people if they want to follow along as we do this podcast they can go to texasufosightings.com to see your website and then kind of connect to everything from there so they know what's going on so that is obviously your side hustle and we're going to get into all the meat of that but what is your day job so not anything related to ufos whatsoever (laughs) i'm an online marketing so i work for a marketing agency full-time it's very busy and we have really big clients, so cool. big websites. So that that's my day-to-day. How much of your day-to-day carries over, I guess, or the skills that you have dated from your day-to-day job carry over into your side hustle? It is totally overlapping. Cool. And that's been really fortunate. So subject matter-wise, obviously, you know, nothing in common. But yeah, as far as curating content, creating content, knowing how to market my website and get it in front of people and and run a Facebook community and all of that. So that's been a really, really fortunate part. I think that's probably one of the main reasons I'm able to do both things. Because you're, it's not like you have to learn a whole new skill set to exactly. be able to do your side hustle. So let's talk about how you got into this. Is this something mm-hmm. you've done your whole life and you've, as a kid, you were obsessed with UFOs? Not at all. So this was, I never even knew that this would be a, was a possibility. I don't think I thought about it. I, I loved ET. I liked thinking about it just like any kid. And yeah. it seemed logical that there were aliens, but that was about it. Yeah, you know, I was pretty creative and imaginative, but that was pretty much it. But then I met, well, my husband now. Mm-hmm. And so he, though, grew up researching all this. So this was before Google <laughs> date, dates. So he would <laughs> go to the library and yeah, look li- at books. Literally, like literally like hit, you know, actual physical hard copy books and read about these weird cases and evidence that mo- yeah, I definitely didn't know about. And so he was the one that introduced all of it to me. And then when I started discovering all these cases and all this evidence, I was just like, whoa. Yeah. I mean, I'm sure once you start diving into it. Yeah. So, yeah, it just like hit me like, whoa, like this is whatever this is. I don't know, but there's something going on here. So to go from, you know, not thinking about it all to being like, wow, there's this whole universe, like almost literally of evidence. And I did have a journalism degree from UT Austin. So I had this writing background. I really enjoyed that. And so it just felt very natural somehow to like create a UFO website and just like document as simple as it sounds like local UFO sightings. And so that's that's really how it started. That It's wild that you kind of really dove into this later in life. And that's what I try to tell people who are on this. Po- well, not the people on this podcast, get it. The people who listen to this podcast. You may not have a passion now. You could be 40 and in 10 years you fall in love with something 
just go for it. It's okay. It, it's okay to find new things as you go along. And I love that it's not something you you grew up wanting to do and you were open to learning about it. But I have to know, when you first met your husband, when you guys were first dating, were you like, mm-hmm. this guy is obsessed with UFOs. What yeah. is happening? <laughs> so I think he like he was smart to like ease me into that because (laughs) I don't remember there ever being a moment where I was like, Oh my gosh, this guy's into UFOs. So I think he was, and he's really good about that. Like he's always the person in the the friend group that always gets them to do a certain activity or gets them to watch a certain movie. So he's just, he's a really likable, like normal guys guy. And he's just very persuasive. And I think he, he wasn't that like what you might expect, right? Like a, the stereotypical, almost like a Comic-Con nerd, you know, like image you might have for like a UFO, like nerd. No, I mean, it's the stereotype is real, though. It's not, Uh you know, it's wearing a tinfoil hat. Yeah. I mean, I have expected you to have one. I'm just kidding. I did not expect you to have one on. But is that something that you guys deal with? Is that something you deal with day to day from the people who aren't in your community? Is it Mm -hmm. like, you're weird. What are you doing? Like, what is that like? If I noticed or really cared about that stuff, I wouldn't have ever probably pursued this in the first place. So clearly that was just something I could tune out from day one. And I could separate out somebody who doesn't know anything about this from like somebody who might know something like I could very much compartmentalize that. And so it's very easy, like, you know, if I'm talking to my mom or my sister about something that we really relate to, I might get really passionate about it and care, like if we disagree. But on this topic, I've always just immediately assumed this kind of more educational role, like and trying not to bring that stereotype out. So just trying to be understanding of people's skepticism. So it's totally there. So I mean, to answer your question, yeah, it's there. Like, I mean, the the social media comments you could imagine you know you have have all kinds of variety yeah and then friends and family you just kind of always know there might be that thing in the back of their head you know like of course you know they maybe aren't like gonna say everything that they feel you know about it in front of you but it's fine so what is like if I want to start following you and I want to go to your website what should I expect to get? Because I know you guys also launched a podcast slash YouTube show. So what is, I guess then, what is the purpose of what you guys do? And what would a viewer or consumer of what you guys do expect to get from? And it, um, hold on, I'm, I'm saying you guys. Does your husband do all of this with yeah. you? So, okay. Yeah. So in the very beginning, well, he obviously inspired it and was always there behind the scenes, you know, helping me like, hey, you should cover the story. And then up until a few years ago, we were like, okay, we got to do this together if we really want to do okay. this. And so that's when we introduced the YouTube show and we started going to events and, and really just like meeting people in the community. So yeah, so full circle. So the website, Texas UFO Sightings, up until recently, ideas pretty straightforward, just daily sightings, every all the news. So like if there's important UFO and alien <laughs> related news story, not just necessarily sightings in Texas, but all the big events and news, that's where you can go because it's not like other news categories where you're going to find a ton of stories about mm-hmm. it. There might there might be the only trail you know, maybe somebody posts a tweet and then somebody posts a report somewhere else, I could put that together for people. So just documentation. But then now that we're really trying to expand outside of that, more into kind of the education entertainment 
realm. So we have a YouTube show where we do these just kind of silly skits where we actually make fun of UFOs. We make fun of Bigfoot. We make fun of crop circles because you sh- like I think this should be funny. I don't think it should be like a scary, no. serious topic. And then we interview people. So I've gotten to interview, you know, some really cool people. I saw you, you know, had the that. people from the show Finding Bigfoot on. Mm-hmm. Yep, so yep. obviously here in Washington, Bigfoot, uh-huh. Sasquatch, like it's a it's a big thing here. And yeah. like, you know, it's on every T-shirt and every shop. So mm-hmm. um, really fun. is what they do very similar to what you do or is it two completely different things? So I think in their case, it's pretty different because so it's Cliff. Brackman, who was on the Finding Bigfoot show, and his wife, Melissa, he's pretty scientific about it. So, like, he has a foundation called the Rang Pandek Foundation. It's this Philippines little red-haired monkey that was recently discovered. It's, I believe, extinct, but a new species Mm -hmm. that was discovered. And so he's, and that's not even a huge, hairy Bigfoot. So he's very much of, like, there's just these kind of missing link primates and so he's very much like yeah does not connect it at all but then you have just people who think of bigfoot as more of this unknown creature and there's more to it and so it totally it ends up going and overlapping with my community of or the ufo community or paranormal yeah so, what do you yeah. call the community that you're a part of it's, I guess, unknown. I mean, it's we're exploring the unknown. So that's where okay. paranormal comes in. That's where Bigfoot, which is cryptozoology, comes in. Well, it, that's it's a just new a word new, for me. Yeah, I figured that might be a new one. I that's love it. That, you ever hear that cryptozoology? Everyone's going to be using it because if everyone who listens, I know I'm going to be like, oh, yeah, cryptozoology. I am yeah, so yeah. smart. <laughs> yeah. So I think it's just because it's so, I mean, ghosts, like, because it's just the unknown. It's such a broad, of course. probably not accurate term, but I think it attracts similar folk, okay. you know, so Makes people sense. who are open to ghosts maybe are more open. Imaginative, like you said, of course. So you said mm-hmm. something about reportings and maybe people post them to Twitter. What? Is that exactly? Is that something you would see to the naked eye or do you need to have like some insane telescope to be able to see something? That's a really great question. So it just depends. I mean, people have naked eye UFO sightings. There are people that, yeah, have special telescopes or, you know, special night vision cameras Mm -hmm. where they capture things that maybe you otherwise wouldn't. And those actually can be some of the more interesting ones. Some of the cool like military documented cases, which there was one recently that was reported on like by the New York Times. Wow. So that was detected on radar. So that was a really cool one. So yeah, it just depends. It's crazy. Yeah, so crazy. I'm when you had emailed me, do you remember what day, what month you originally emailed me? I think it was I'm not sure. I yeah. think it was before I went on my vacation. So I went on vacation mm-hmm. in July to early July to Colorado, a bunch of national parks. And I went to Black Canyon of the Gunnison, which is an international dark sky park. Have you mm-hmm. ever gotten to go to a, like a international official like dark sky place? Like where you just see amazing stars. Yeah. So to be certified, yeah, I, yeah you have to have um, what's I called. I, that's so funny. I should know that. I didn't know right? that there was like a, it, that's it's awesome. It's a thing. Yeah. So you have to yeah. be. Um, low light pollution is what they call it. like you can't have like any lights around like yeah. you can't when you go to this place you can't mm-hmm. to the certain part of this park you can't have your phone out like anything so where they have all these huge telescopes but you can see the milky way with your naked eye yeah and i'm sitting there and i'm looking up at the stars and i see a triangle 
of light. And then I watched it with my naked eye disappear. And there was a guy in line behind me and I screamed, obviously started cursing and was like, holy crap, I just saw that. And the guy behind me was like, I saw that too. And no one else saw it. I was like, well, thank God someone else saw it. Now, did I see UFOs? Because I know satellites like blink and don't stop moving. They don't fade away like that. Yeah, you can't tell me if that's what I saw. But I mean, like when you look at like Hallmark, so I mean, I'll say, okay, most of these reports that I get are explainable or, you know, meaning like, I don't know if most is fair, but a lot of reports I get are explainable, like things like Chinese lanterns look crazy. If you've ever seen, you know, lanterns go because they flow and they all go in different directions. And depending on how the wind, like they can move them. You've seen nighttime parachuters. That also looks totally insane. They at night, they have these lights and they're doing all these maneuvers. And so it's not that people are hoaxing. I don't, that happens. That's not really what I'm seeing. It's just that people are fortunately they are looking up. Yeah, and they they do see some just weird things. But then there it was are, a perfect triangle. I will say yes, that. But then there are yeah, and then also triangles are weird because if you have any three dots, it's really easy yeah. to make a triangle. Now it just depends, right? Now, but there are certain hallmarks, and there's plenty though of sightings that fall into these categories where we can rule out all like those things mm-hmm. I said and more. When objects just disappear like completely, like in thin air, yeah, that's what <laughs> you know, happened. And then they, the lights don't—they're not blink blinking in some kind of like crafts. You know, they're not just blinking off and on. Right. And if if an object is maybe hovering still for a while and then just takes off like really abruptly or does really crazy right angles. And so that would be strange. And and then you was probably the case with you. And most people when they see things, they don't have they're just not ready no. to like take a photo or take a video. And I and it's also really hard to get a good photo or video, especially at night. Yeah. 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 So that we just are left to wonder. It was cool. You know? I will say like that is yeah. one of the things just the experience of it like the feeling it's almost like you're a kid and you just saw santa like that is literally what i felt like oh my god Uh it's real like that is the moment that it was just i don't know it was just super cool and obviously you know you can see the sky the milky way all of it it was just wild yeah that's beautiful and i hope that we like really preserve those places they are i mean that's the point yeah yeah that's that's really good to hear because that's something i think about too because I'm also, in a way, it's almost like I become a satellite tracker because they do become yeah. UFO sightings, and you're like, wow, there's a lot of satellites. It's true. And just it's pollution. More more up yeah, there. I know. Um, this might be a little creepy for you, though. Oh, or boy. Fun. Let's, um, but let's hear tri- it. Triangle UFOs are the more well documented UFOs that get that are seen so even you know some skeptics that don't necessarily believe in aliens Mm -hmm. will accept that phenomenon because there has been so many videos and photos of essentially dark triangle craft that will do just straight some of these strange things you know we're talking about where they like disappear they'll almost appear to like camouflage and some skeptics what they'll say well these are just you know these are top secret military craft how can you rule that out ever? You really can't ever rule that mm-hmm. out. So that that would go in line with you know your your sighting of it. It's it's weird because you just and when you mentioned that in my mind when I said that I saw the three dots, I was thinking it was three separate 
UFOs, oh, and, could, and they were and, right, and they were driving that, together. But I didn't even think this could be one massive ship. <laughs> okay, now I need to just or, go or stare at the sky, or it could be just what you're saying because that's that's another. I mean, there's certain types of sightings mm-hmm. that get reported over and over again, and people do see like little orbs of light. Yeah, you know that almost look. I know people can't see me gesturing, but little orbs of light that you know do strange things. Um, there is a natural phenomenon that didn't used to be accepted so it was only really ever a ufo sighting like a long time ago um it's called ball lightning and so it's in storms and even they guess maybe like even sometimes maybe before earthquakes or even like near erupting volcano or around erupting volcanoes these kind of electrical balls of light that look totally crazy uh but they now have scientifically explained it it's really interesting, yeah. What is the, I guess, strangest or coolest thing that you have seen yourself? So I am like as objective as a journalist as can be cool. because I have had one maybe sighting. And it was actually kind of similar to, it wasn't quite like yours. It was clearly a tri- It was a triangle, um, but it was around fireworks time. And I was like, well, I guess I could be a little drone. Like that was kind of my last thought and then it was gone. But but I was at first, I really, that was really me explaining it. It wasn't necessarily my intuition Mm -hmm. that it was a drone, but that was it. And even me, I didn't get my camera. I think I even had my phone right there and I didn't. (laughs) It's it's almost like that is the purpose is if there really is an alien in there that just wants you to be staring at what's happening and not be documenting it. Like I was just in awe as I was witnessing Mm -hmm. what was happening. So Listen, I completely get it. I'm all, yeah. I'm with you on it. Um, yeah. How many hours a week do you think you spend on your side hustle? Yeah, I think I do, should do a better job at documenting this. <laughs> Everyone I heard, does I heard, that. Well, I heard, I don't remember who it was. I'm sorry. Somebody on your show was talking about how like they were, tra- oh, he was the time. Laura Vanderkam. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Probably- talking about how she was tracking all her hours that she was spending like to make sure that she's spending it on the right things so i was like that is brilliant and that's something i do for my day-to-day right um just because there's so much and it's necessary but yeah i mean i would say it's definitely i mean it's several hours a week for sure i wow. mean like if you just add up every little piece right you know yeah, like every on instagram email, yeah. you know, if you're just because and i and i do count it all because when it's there's all this other stuff going on. I mean, you feel it. That yeah. little, you know, minute check, you know, that took away maybe like from dinner conversation. Yeah, it's, it's real. Yeah. That minute check that turns into a 20 minute check. Yeah. I get it. But, I know. But then when we go travel, well, then, oh, man, that's the whole weekend. So it adds up. But sure. your side hustle is also it's more it's a pack. Obviously, everyone's yeah, is a passion. Funny. I don't want to say it's a hobby because I feel like that takes away from what it is. But it would be as if someone's side hustle was getting to travel to cool places. Like it's totally. not that you're working at a desk all the time. You are getting to go out yep. and experience things. Absolutely. Question kind of personal. Do you make money off of your side hustle? The teeniest bit I have. So hence you uh, there's a PayPal donation yeah, button that you have on the website and i just i don't want to rely on google ads or youtube ads you know and just trying to increase reach you know because that that is there you yeah. know and you can do that so we're actually we've actually taken a step back this summer um for 
like the site hasn't been updated as consistently, but on purpose to put together a really cool Patreon plan. It's not launched yet, okay. but it's going to be really cool. It's stuff I've been wanting to do forever. And I just, because of like what we're talking about, just the time, you know, and energy that it takes. Exactly. You're just putting free play. content out there. And I, there's yeah. so many times where I go to a, a newspaper website and it doesn't let you read the article. And for a second mm-hmm. I get mad. And then I'm like, no, I'm in media. Like I should understand this is how yeah. we're being paid. So mm-hmm. if people are passionate enough about what you're doing and what you're putting yep. out there and they love your content, they're going to pay exactly. for it. Yep. And I don't, you know, I don't know what it'll be like at first, but I know that we'll learn just like we always have. And, you know, we'll, we'll make, you know, we'll put out what people want. Um, and we'll still, you know, offer the free videos and content and all of that too. But it, it's, we are only, we're just kind of finishing up, kind of finalizing some logo stuff. So I've wanted to launch merchandise for a long time, but I don't want to, I've never wanted to, I just take a long time with things, but then it's like, okay, (laughs) you know, here we go. So I want, I just want it to be something, a shirt I would wear, like a hat I would wear. And I, you know, I don't, you don't want to half-ass it. Yeah, exactly. So it's, it's your brand. Do you want people yeah. to rep- people are going to be wearing it? It needs to represent your brand properly, so it's yep. understood. Mm-hmm. Yep. So we're, I'm hoping, or that's the plan. I mean, not hoping. I mean, that that's the plan is to let's take this to the next level of monetization, if you will, just so we can get better technology. We can we can go to more events. You know, we can afford all of that and and document a lot yeah. more for people. So when you yeah. first got into the uh, unknown community, the UFO community, you said you were a reporter. You were reporting mm-hmm. on a lot of the sightings. But how do you, I guess, in this community gain respect? Is there something specific that you have to do? Maybe it's be around for a long time. How does that yeah. happen? Because this is, I think this might change. I don't know. This might change. I have a kid and by the time he's in college, maybe there will be like classes on aliens and you know detecting them or whatever but for what i do there really is no like specific pathway for it there are i would say who is revered in our community um or in this world Mm -hmm. is like you know authors who've just done that exhaustive research and gotten those sources and talked to witnesses directly gathered evidence and then we have there's you know history channel now has this just litany of television shows now which has a lot of these researchers yeah. who have beh- been behind the scenes for a lot of years how do we get you out. on these shows <laughs> i know right yeah maybe one of these days. So, I mean, I have, I have some friends who are on these shows cool. and I, I really admire what all the research they've been doing over the years. And it's exciting to see them get to, to share it. But yeah, I mean, there's not, it's kind of just doing it for a while. Do, guess, you, do you one day hope that you'll get to leave your day job and really do Texas UFO sightings like full time? I think that would be amazing. But I also am open to what makes sense, right. you know, because I, I just, what, yeah, what could this universe possibly unfold, you know, offer? Cause I don't know also where this UFO community is going, where the news is going. And so I'm not sure what it will evolve into. I think that would be amazing though. Uh, but I've, I've been told to always stay open to different opportunities right so I tried of course that would be amazing but I try not to get too boxed into you know it's going to be this or that I love that yeah but I mean that'd be great (laughs) it's true you never know what could be thrown your way I mean Mm -hmm. you could get 
a huge promotion at your day job and could love it and never want to leave that. But also one of these TV shows can come around and be like, hey, Jane, do you want to be our host for this? Right. Like you never know. And I'm yeah. completely with you on whatever is thrown at you at that moment. That's mm-hmm. when you get to decide if that's or what you want to like do. Mar- a marketing job for NASA's new UFO division. You know, like that's, yeah. you know, so who, who knows what it could lead to. But I would say, yes, a hundred, like uh, my heart is with, the the people that go to our website and of watch course. our videos and also there's a lot of people that don't know much of anything about this right now so i, I want to be there yeah so the idea is to be there for those people and answer those questions and it's it's okay to ask questions or have ideas or be skeptical or not be skeptical so it wouldn't be a good ufo themed podcast if i didn't ask you about this whole area 51 thing yeah so we do need to talk about that full disclosure i don't know when you're listening to this podcast but it is august uh, 2019 and the storm area 51 petition is in full swing right now and uh it's supposed to happen september 20th so it may have happened when you're listening to to this (laughs) who knows what actually happened where do you stand on that so I would recommend that people enjoy the memes about Storm Area 51 and and go look it up. It's fun, but do not storm any any place. <laughs> Nevertheless, Area 51. Right. Now it's why? dangerous. Okay, now it's dangerous <laughs> yeah. because I mean the Air Force actually even commented on this and gave a whole warning about it. And and most I mean really all that you're gonna see is people in camouflage coming at you and telling you to leave. What's that? I mean that that's that's the the, the most of what you're going to see. So it's pretty fruitless. And um, I mean, and what's really funny is the people that are, are know a lot about UFOs and have been into this for a long time, they're not really part of this movement. So this seems to really be just really random. And so I'm hoping that it fizzles out and yeah. people are smart, but apparently people have booked rooms at ends in the area. But, you know, it's Area 51 for those it was declassified for a very long time and the government would say it didn't exist. It didn't exist. And, you know, you'd hear, I guess, some crazy tinfoil hat where saying, yeah, it's area, there's area 51. And finally it was declassified, but that's, there's a lot of different bases. And so that's probably not even where right. <laughs> any alien technology would be. Where it so is, is somewhere we don't irony. know about. Exactly. So that's the irony of it. <laughs> Are you noticing, though, that is there an uptick maybe in website hits or people reaching out to you because of this? Yes. So I would say over the past, maybe I don't even know if it's just this most recently, but even just over the past year, there's been a lot more interest in this topic. Some people listening may not know, but there were some really big news stories um, out of the New York Times and you can go look it up of the Pentagon saying, yeah, we research UFOs. We investigate them right now. Navy pilots saying we do it right now. So that has contributed. And then this on top of it. So it seems like it is definitely culminating and becoming more popular. And hopefully that's good. You know, as long as people learn and you know, are are open minded about it and don't don't storm Area 51. Yeah, please. I know. When you originally emailed me, you had said that this is a growing industry. Surprisingly, yeah. that is what you said. Is it a growing industry because we have places like the U.S. government coming out and the Navy coming out saying, hey, we do research this? Or is it just 
people have more access to things and they want to look it up. Yeah, probably all of the above. So I think people had access, were looking it up. And so that prompts more, you know, politicians and even celebrities to Mm -hmm. talk about it. And then you have even the president talking about being briefed about UFOs, which is has never happened before. So that's unprecedented. So, yeah, I think it just it kind of keeps and as it becomes more popular, it becomes more popular to talk about. And then it it just stays in the conversation. And there's less of a stigma. I think uh, around this whole community. Mm -hmm. You mentioned something about a Facebook community or you guys have a Facebook community. What is that all about? Yeah. So the Facebook page is really popular. It has over 10,000 likes, which is, you know, a lot lot for us us at least. Um, And so that's really been, I think, people in Texas who are tracking their day to day because they'll post on there, too. So I don't, you know, I don't have time. I can't, I literally physically can't go to every place the sighting was reported and do a field investigation and do all of that. So it's the people online that are sharing what they saw and posting news stories. So they'll also come on the website, but Facebook's pretty busy. So if you're in Texas, you know, that might be a fun place for you or obviously anywhere to check it out any of this but yeah what is a field research what you said that and i was like what yeah yeah Yeah. so there are people who will actually do field research meaning they'll there's a it's called the mutual ufo network and it's essentially the public place to report a ufo so if you um see a ufo you can report it to this database and they actually have field researchers that if your case is interesting you know they they can actually go out like to your property and and they can and the questions like did you see this where did you see this and then they can look in the daytime oh look there's a street lamp there or you know or where did you take this through your window and so you can get a lot of that those clues and the goal really of any investigator is to debunk it so I'm not really out there typically you know at a witness's home right. so I'm doing more the whatever investigation I can do still talking to witnesses you can run photos through this forensics tool that can give you a hint if it's been tampered with or you know when the photo was taken and you know and and also looking at different reports that's cool that's really cool I love that you've taken something that is truly a passion and something that you're excited about and done something bigger with it like you said you it's not a full business at the moment you know if you're talking Mm -hmm. like uh, transaction wise but it is something like you've got a community of over 10,000 people Mm -hmm. that are following what you're doing and you're not just some insta model like you're doing (laughs) you're doing something (laughs) that is great and educating people and Mm -hmm. it's really cool so I commend you for that because I you know I know how hard it is to do something and not be paid for it so Amazing on you guys for doing that. Well, I mean, good for you for being open-minded, though, and even, you know, talking about it on your podcast. So it's super it. cool. Yeah. Listen, you're not doing anything that harms anyone. People could look, could attack you, and at the end of the day... And, and they can't. It's totally cool. Like, you can make fun of me, and it's all welcome, you know, so I'm, I'm good. When you first emailed <laughs> me, I was like, well, this is different. Like, I had to take a step back, and I was like, well, we're... Sure. Like, what could we talk about? And I was like, you know what? You're doing something. You're putting in work into something. And just because you're passionate about it and I'm not doesn't, not that I'm not, I don't, 
I appreciate it and I Most believe in are. it, but I'm not researching. <laughs> yes. It doesn't mean that I can't talk to you. And I think that this podcast and I, I'm, I'm projecting and hoping that this podcast also opens up the minds of some people who maybe didn't believe at all in what you do. And mm-hmm. maybe they'll start following you and researching mm-hmm. you, which would be really cool. But we have to talk about how we connected because I love that. Yes. The, I love that mm-hmm. in this podcast, you emailed me because what happened, I guess, on your end then? You explain it. So I'm a really big fan of the Bobby Bone Show. I've been listening since I was in high school, which was a long time ago. Mm-hmm. So I, I'm, and I'm a really big fan of Amy on the Bobby Bone Show. And then one of my best friends who lives in the Seattle area is a really big fan of Carla and Marie and Anthony. Wait, I did, you didn't tell me that far. Yes, I, I don't think I did. And she even won like a spa package through you guys and got to meet you guys. I know. I never did she come in the studio kind of recently? Yes. Yes. Yeah. Whoa. Yes. Oh, my God. Yeah. My yes. cats are and looking at me like I'm crazy right yeah. now after screaming. Okay, so cool. We were both listening to your Side Hustlers podcast. I, I can't remember if, if she – I can't remember if she listened to it first and told me. I don't remember. What, one way or the other, we were listening to it, and then she heard the Amy on your show, and mm. I heard it, and that was a really great one, and I got hooked on your show, and – my friend, uh, she recommended that I reach out to you because she was like, well, you're this is like yeah. perfect because I first I didn't think about it that way, even though obviously it is it's yeah. quite it's exact definition of a side hustle. <laughs> of yeah. side hustle. And so I did. And I was so thrilled to see you reply. I was like, this is awesome. Yeah. So it was just like one of those just meant Kismet. to be. Yeah. It's really, yeah. I love that. And I, I, every episode, I like to talk about how I connected with someone, whether it is very intertwined like that, or mm-hmm. someone just saw me and reached out. Because either way, yeah. these connections are clearly important in our lives, whether mm-hmm. you have a side hustle or not. And yeah. that is something that I like yeah. to convey to everyone. But thank you, first of all, for yeah. reaching out and, and thank your friend for me because I love her now. So that's awesome. Yeah, so that's I want people to go to your website texasufosightings.com your mm-hmm. uh youtube channel the show you have it's that weird ufo show but what yeah. is your instagram it's, oh it's so i wanted ufo jane ufo jane but it was taken so oh. it's ufo jane tx okay That's for easy. texas okay cool some people say think it's ufo janet x but that kind of sounds cool so okay. whatever we'll go with whatever <laughs> happens I love, it's true yeah ufo janet x go follow that well jane thank you for taking the time out of your day i know you're a mom you've got a day job and a side hustle so thank you so much thank you Thank you so much for listening to Side Hustlers. It's really easy to support Jane. Subscribe to her YouTube channel. Go to her website, TexasUFOSightings.com. Do whatever you can. Share some links. Check out a bunch of her episodes. And of course, check back for when she gets her merch in. If you have anyone who you think should be on Side Hustlers, you can reach out to me. It's SideHustlersPodcast at gmail.com. You can also reach out to me on Instagram. It's the Carla Marie. And next Monday, August 12th, 29th. 19. I'm going to be hanging out at Alaire in West Seattle for a nobility leadership event. Earlier this year, we had Crystal on the podcast and she's doing a bunch of events in Seattle. It's a great night. It's a women in business night. Come out, super relaxed, chill, hanging out at Alaire, Seattle. 
who the owner, Shannon, was also on this podcast. It's going to be a great night. You can get all the info. It's nobilityleadership.com to sign up. Hopefully, I will see you there. And if you live in the Cleveland area, I will be there August 10th doing my other podcast, My Day Friday, live. We may have a few spots open. Reach out to me on Instagram, the Carla Marie, if you're interested. Until next week, keep hustling. The weekly podcast that started it all. They just wanted to have fun as they dreamt of one day having their own morning show. And now they do. But the tradition continues every Friday. My Day Friday with Carla Marie and Anthony. Available worldwide on the iHeartRadio app. Kick off your weekend with Carla Marie and Anthony. It's brand new season two. I'm Marissa Thalberg. And I'm Stephen Wolf Bededa. And we're excited to be back having bigger, bolder, and always real conversations. Straight from the C-suite front lines of marketing, media, and more. We have great friends joining from people you may know, like Wilmer Valderrama and Bobby Burke. And people you'll want to know. So grab a coffee or, hey, even an Aperol Spritz and come join us on America's number one podcast network, iHeart. Listen to brand new on the iHeart Radio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. If you want to level up your marketing and business knowledge, look no further than the Marketing School Podcast, hosted by Neil Patel and yours truly, Eric Su. It is the number one marketing podcast on Apple and number 15 on business in the United States. Now, if you want to listen to interesting conversations with operators that have been there, done that, also with other interesting guests, then listen to Marketing School every weekday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Hi there, I'm Bob Pittman, Chairman and CEO of iHeartMedia. I'm excited to announce a new season of my podcast, Math & Magic, Stories from the Frontiers of Marketing. Our guests this season show us big risk can yield big rewards, like Rob Riley, the creative head of one of the world's leading advertising firms. I try to create environments where anybody can say anything without any judgment. Listen to a brand new season of Math & Magic on our very own iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcast or wherever you get your podcast. Oh, hi, I'm Rachel Zoe, and my podcast, Climbing in Heels, is back and better than ever. You might know me from the Rachel Zoe Project or perhaps from my work as a celebrity stylist. And guess what? I'm still just as obsessed with all things fashion, beauty, and business. Climbing in Heels is all about celebrating the stories of extraordinary women, and this season is here to bring you a weekly dose of glamour, inspiration, and fun. Listen to Climbing in Heels every Friday on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.